0: Everyone, welcome to backstory sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Welcome you to this episode of Backstory Sessions. We are joined today by my co-host Matt. Hey Matt.
0: Hey everyone, how are you?
1: Matt, today, um, this episode I feel like is um, kind of a payback episode for one that we did a couple back when, you know, we had someone that I had a connection with. And uh, today's episode... You have
0: a connection with the guest. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I do. Uh, we met back in like 2006, I think, and, uh, you know, have kind of kept in touch over the years. Uh, probably not as well as I would like, but uh, we have kept in touch and uh, just wanted to get him on here and talk about some of the things that, you know, um, have happened since we met and get some of his backstories and stuff, because I think they'll be pretty interesting.
1: Well, I mean, I know that you say all that stuff, but um, the real reason, and you might as well just submit it, that when we had Courtney Gaines on... um, You know, he was a CG and I said at that time, maybe we'll find somebody that's an MR like you so that you can have your moment. So this is really just all about you. Um,
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, right. Sure you did. Uh, (laughs) We all know how you are. Right. Um. So, you know, I mean, it's okay. I, I get it. But, um, you know, I always will be the first one that had someone. So just you know sure sure. you're always copying like everything i do right
0: yes i just follow in your footsteps
1: yeah well you know you made a good choice today because uh we have an mg and uh, i mean mr
0: (laughs) (laughs) mg is a car (laughs) cat
1: oh i know and you know like there's like mf there's worse things i could have said we have but um at any rate, <laughs>
0: that would have made it a different episode that.
1: <laughs> right that is not this one right so um this one we have an mr and um so i want to introduce our guest today and mikey russell we are so happy to have you as our guest on backstory sessions welcome
2: thank you very much
1: um so you know uh before the mad days um i'm very curious about where did you grow up like where does your story begin
2: um that begins in a little town in pico river uh california called pico river which is in basically east l.a
1: and so what was it like growing up there is it um you know, a diverse um, cultural community, or, I, you know, what what is it like? You have well, a lot.
2: I wouldn't say it's you know tremendously diverse. I, I was pretty much the only um, non-Hispanic uh, in my high school. So.
1: Okay. And what were you involved in in high school?
2: Um, wrestling, track, debate club.
1: Wow. Debate. <laughs> so, you know, that's a great thing for a guest because <laughs> you're like, oh my goodness, a debater. <laughs> so, I mean, that's pretty interesting. Um, Did you find that um, athletics, what did that provide for you? You just had that natural talent or interest. Uh, from the beginning, or it was for popularity? Uh, what was it about sports?
2: <laughs> well, um, it, it got me away from my family. Okay. And, you know, I, I grew up in uh, an alcoholic uh, household, so I didn't like being around too much, and athletics and things like that uh, gave me that vehicle.
1: And so, what? How would you describe yourself? Like, what clique or group did you fit into if you were in the Breakfast Club? You know, were you in detention? Were you, you know, <laughs> what were what group were you?
2: <laughs> well, um, detention was like my my homeroom. Actually, I okay. spent a lot there, but I didn't fall into any clique. I was basically always, uh, by myself.
1: All right. And so, um, you, you were popular with, with playing sports or.
2: No, I, I was good at certain things and, you know, that does bring a certain amount of uh, popularity, I guess.
1: And I know that you have a love for music. Did you have that in, in your high school days, too? Uh,
2: way before my high school days. Uh, music has uh, been a uh, giant support crutch throughout the years.
1: So what's the first music you remember liking?
2: Oh, that's really easy. Um, Queen. Wow. <laughs> I snuck into their concert being uh, being bigger than most humans at 10 years old and an 18 only show in Long Beach California and that was the first concert I ever saw live
1: Wow and I imagine it was amazing
2: <laughs> there's nothing that has uh, even come close up up until uh, two years ago in July, I got a chance to uh, be a guest of uh, Rob Caggiano at a Volby concert. That was pretty amazing.
1: So, um, what went through your mind that made you decide, okay, Queen's in town and I'm gonna sneak into this? Like, Were you just did you have a plan or, um, spur of the moment?
2: Freddie Mercury. That's what I <laughs> think into that concert. Uh, that, back in those days, uh, the news of the world tour in 77, uh, queen. I, I can't think of another band that was as good as queen at that time ever.
0: Yeah, they were definitely, uh, definitely up there in the uh, on the scale of popularity for sure at that time I remember carrying around that album to the school as well
2: <laughs> I, I still have my uh, my concert program from that from that concert awesome Wow. So,
0: so did you like walk sideways and kind of sneak in the back door kind of thing, or?
2: <laughs> oh no, I, we got a ticket and everything else. And uh, the two guys I went with were already over eighteen, so it was kind of easy. Being I was as big as they were at <laughs> ten years old. To... <laughs>
1: um, you know, so not having ever met you or seen you, um so you're pretty tall Um...
2: well I used to be 6'6 and a half well over 100 pounds now I've after going on the chemotherapy diet I I I lost like 81 pounds I started out at uh, 327 pounds and ended up at um, 237 when I finished my treatment
1: interesting it's a good diet plan
2: I didn't eat for two <laughs> <Jesus. laughs>
1: uh, it sounds like it works for sure um,
2: well uh, it, I, it, it has its drawbacks I'll say that much
3: <laughs> uh,
0: that's funny sorry right. I'm not you know not making light of
2: it Just you know. It's all good. I'm, I'm doing my level best to be uh uh, 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 it, I got it
0: uh, <laughs> all good
1: <laughs> so alright you you have this um, not so good home life for you and you know you're sneaking into concerts and you've spent some time in detention um, what's your plan to you know after you can get out of you know after you're an adult or after you graduate from high school what's the plan um,
2: I really didn't have any plans. Um, I just kind of bounced from job to job.
1: And still stayed in the same area, basically, in California? For a
2: little bit, yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, so, did you continue to sneak into concerts, or, um...
2: Yes. As a matter of fact, just a week later, <laughs> I decided uh, I wanted to go see KISS, which was their Alive Tour uh, concert. like Alive 2, I'm sorry. And uh, my mother absolutely forbid me to do such a thing. Uh, I I begged and pleaded all week, uh, did extra chores. <laughs> She wasn't having nothing of it, but we came up with this bright idea that I would go spend the night at my friend's house, the same guy I went to the concert the week before with, and we would just sneak and go into that one. And I had my face painted like Gene Simmons and went and saw Kiss and their heyday as well. And when I got home, guess who was waiting for me at my friend's house? (laughs) Mom. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. My mom decided to to show up and ask me just where the heck I've been all night.
1: Did she recognize you right off? <laughs>
2: um, yeah, I think so. I I I did take a journey through her birth canal. She recognized me pretty good. <laughs> mm-hmm. she, she, she's uh, uh,
1: so, did you end up spending the night at your friends, or did you go home?
2: No, I uh, I had to take the uh, Gene Simmons pain off of my face, and uh, promptly went home with a sore butt. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, so, um, you know how how long until you do get away from? the area that area do you do you meet someone do you you know what do you do like just take off on a road trip or
2: well that summer uh i graduated i went to work for the boy scouts of america as a as a camp counselor which was quite the experience it's
1: so tell us what that's like. <laughs>
2: um, well, it, it was it was um, it was rewarding in a lot of ways. I I got to teach uh, the younger scouts uh, in the beginning how to uh, shoot and uh, earn that merit badge, and I taught archery as well for that merit badge. And nothing's nothing scarier than having a troop full of inner city kids getting a an archer's bow for the first time. <laughs> it, they really don't understand which way to point the arrow and it, it, it it'll it'll keep you on your toes.
1: <laughs> um, did anyone get shot?
2: <laughs> no there were William Till moments, but there were some uh, stray arrows that were rather conspicuous. <laughs> mm. uh, so, go ahead, Kat.
1: Did you think maybe then you'd like to be a teacher?
2: Um, that was always um, one of my desires. Yes, I wanted to be a a, a history teacher. I had immersed myself. Uh, really young in all sorts of history. I, I really liked it.
1: It sounds like that would have been a good fit for you. Um,
2: well, except for the fact that I would have probably been the first teacher ever indicted on criminal charges for beating their students. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, there's that. But, uh,
1: <laughs>
2: I, have, I have no tolerance for that.
1: Well, I mean, you know, you survived all the arrows, so I, I think you could probably survive high school history. Um, but, you know, what is it about history that, um, that drew you to that subject if, if you were going to teach that that was really your interest?
2: Well, knowing your history, you, you do your best, your level best not to keep repeating the same errors that people did before you and hopefully we we grow and we learn and we don't do the same thing
1: and and so you you found that appealing uh, even though you snuck into one concert and then another concert the (laughs) next week
2: nobody nobody ever said I wasn't Socially deviant. <laughs> I, I tend to push people's boundaries. Hmm.
1: Well, you can kind of see how history <clears throat> repeats itself, you know how it happened um, in that example. But um, so you know, you you seem like things are going really well here, and um, you got freedom now. You know, you you graduated did you want to go to college or was that ever in the, the plan did you go to college um
2: i i i did um one one semester i didn't like it
1: um was there you just didn't like the structure or just none of it it just it just wasn't for you well,
2: there were parts of college that were really great. Um,
3: <laughs>
1: the uh, dorm. Uh, <laughs> so what, what, what did you like about college?
2: Am I supposed to be honest? Yeah. Sure. The girls.
1: Okay. <laughs> and um, did, did you meet anyone uh, like... So, had you had a a serious relationship before, you know, by this point? Um, Had you met someone that you fell in love with or whatever?
2: Well, I had a girlfriend uh, junior and senior year in high school, but um, her parents didn't uh, particularly care for large Caucasian guys.
1: Okay. So, did you meet someone at college?
2: Um, I met a lot of people at college.
1: (laughs) So, you enjoyed the social scene? Yes, that's very much so. Thanks for asking. So, that is cool. Uh, What happens after that? Um, You leave leave after that one semester. And where does the journey take you next? Do you meet Matt? <laughs> Do we skip ahead? <laughs> to yeah, that that... What in the universe?
2: No, that nightmare happened years later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you you uh, you did get married at some point, I think.
2: mistakenly yes.
1: Okay. Um. So, you know what. What point of life is this like how old are you around the time that you Jeez. you meet the, the person you're gonna marry i guess
2: i met her in 91 and we got married in 93 and divorced in 95 so i have a two-year uh, time limit i guess
1: okay um but you have a son from from this marriage, right?
2: No, 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 no. Okay, my son is a product of meeting my third wife. Okay, I adopted him in two thousand four. Awesome.
1: And so, all right, we had wife wife one, uh, and then where does wife two? Like, what year? How does that all work out?
0: Well, uh, it one... didn't work out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, no, it didn't. Very observant. Um, <laughs> I met her in 1997, and we uh, got married in '99. And that that beautiful trip lasted all all of one week.
0: Wow. You hardly hear of,
2: of marriages
0: uh not not lasting like that. Usually it's like uh some, you know, Hollywood star or something like that realized oh
2: shit, made a mistake,
0: got married in Vegas kind of thing and
2: uh you know. Well, we we didn't get married in Vegas on the second one. Uh that was in Jackpot, Nevada, so kinda close. <laughs> All right, well <laughs>
1: I mean, boy, so what was the turning point in, in that week? What <laughs> made to know, like, okay, this is not going to work out. Well,
2: um, we got married, and, uh, we, uh, stayed in Jackpot, which is, like, a small version of Reno, which is not very big. It has a few hotels. But, um, I was slated to go on a, uh, archaeological survey with uh an archaeology buddy of mine his name is Kelly Murphy and we were trying to prove his theory on the um, the Fremont people and them leaving and going through Idaho when we went on this place called Brown's Bench so I was out there for about 4 days looking for rock art and artifacts and whatever else we can find to prove his theory. And then I I came.
1: During your week of marriage. Yes. Okay.
2: It was already predetermined. Uh, It was something that was set in stone months before we ever did decide to get married. That was kind of like, spur of the moment type deal hey let's go get married and i thought god okay i was stupid once i can do this twice <laughs> hmm.
1: so she proposed to you the idea of marriage is that
2: she, she yes she did as a matter of fact and um you know who, who am i to deny to deny a woman that... <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs>
1: Right, I mean that's that's very romantic. Um, this is a sappy story almost, um, but very short lived. Um, so, so you stay out the four days and you come back and oh
2: yeah, happy as a clam. I, I mean, we found all kinds of neat things, uh, which were donated to the uh, historical museum in Idaho. And uh, I, I drive up and you know. My closest neighbor, uh, for all intents and purposes, is about a mile away. So I come up and I'm driving through the circular park parking uh, parkway, and I notice all this stuff on the front lawn. Yeah. And I'm thinking, God, they're having a garage sale. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and, and I go in and I said, God. Whose crap is out on the lawn? And she said, "Yours." <laughs> I said, "Why is my stuff out on the out on the grass?" Because you're no longer invited to live here. I said, "Oh wow, that's awesome." <laughs> Jeez. Then <And, laughs> that that started a a whole different journey.
1: And really, that's just how it ended.
2: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Wow, and yet you you decided to do it again?
2: Yeah, you know, God help me, I'm I'm not the brightest bulb in the pack.
0: <laughs> he ain't too bright.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm a sucker for for love, I guess. And uh, what I never ever envisioned was uh, meeting this five year old boy. And falling in love with him. I, uh I never, ever dreamed of uh, having kids, wanting kids, or anything else of that nature. And uh, that's what happened. We went on our first date, which was absolutely monumental.
1: Well, tell us all about it, you know, I love this kind of stuff.
2: Well well I was broke. So I hadn't hadn't worked in like three months and I decided to wine and diner at Taco Bell. Wow. She met me in a mall in Washington. Because of course I, I have that uh axe murderer appeal to most people. <laughs> yeah. met her
1: on- of course
2: met her kid and said let's go do some Taco Bell and uh, and uh, uh, you know I I happened to pass this driving range on the way in and I like to go whack balls every now and then and um, I said hey let's go to the driving range of course her and her son had never golfed or picked up a club or anything else and I'm I'm by no means Jack Nicholas, but I could hit the living hell out of the ball. And that's what I like doing, so <laughs> we went and went to the driving range and everything was, you know, great and, you know my my soon to be son was uh really shy, didn't say a whole lot, you know, was like Three days over from where I was sitting, he still didn't know who who the heck I was or anything else. But uh, <clears throat> me and my uh, wife uh, hit it off pretty good. It was a it was a fun time, <clears throat> and I I kind of had the the ultimate icebreaker to have my son become endeared to me. I was bending over, picking up balls to sit on the tee and drive. And unfortunately we uh, had Taco Bell before that. <laughs> it, it was a, a fairly thunderous introduction.
1: <laughs>
0: uh. So <laughs> uh,
1: well, you can tell this is a match made in somewhere.
2: <laughs> you know, it, it just, you, you, you can't, you can't get any, any better of an icebreaker. I mean, you've already tried to show your best. Right. And, and then they... you immediately hit them with the worst and yeah, you're right. We need up... <laughs> <coughs> Ended right. up married a couple of years later, and uh, ended up spending uh, twenty one years with her total. Wow! Wow!
1: And and so it was just a instant family, basically. You you've got a wife and a son. Yes. So what what was it like like having, you know, not really. You didn't spend a lot of time married before. So what was it like having that family?
2: Um, for the first week, really itchy. I, I didn't know if I was coming or going, actually. Because hmm. you never know when you're going to come home and your shit's sitting on the front lawn.
1: <laughs> right. I can imagine you might be thinking that.
3: <laughs>
0: if I make it through the first week, we're good.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, after that, it was all easy. Hmm. Easy
1: So, um, you meet Matt, um, you want to pick this story up, Matt, from here? Um...
0: Yeah, so, uh, Mikey and I met on a, uh, uh, it was, uh, basically a forum for, um, guys who owned, uh, this certain type of truck, and, um, so we spent, you know, spent a lot of time. On there talking. It was a pretty cool place. Uh, a lot of interesting characters there. And Mikey included. And um, so one of the things that, uh, you know, the big things to do were to have these get-togethers in different places of the country. And uh, so there was a big one in um, Columbus. And uh, yeah the Mopar Nationals which is a really big show there's a drag strip there and big car show and stuff so I happened to be out there at that time and uh, I was there under the tent with a bunch of other guys and uh, here comes this Cadillac pulling in and these four or five people get out of it and come strolling into the tent and here's Mikey and uh, I think the first thing he said to me was, hey, uh, so, Rip, what the hell is your problem <laughs> or something like that?
2: <laughs> Pretty close.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so that was my introduction to him. And, uh, you know, um, we I think we hit it off. Uh, you know, we have. Oh, yeah. Have... How
1: could you miss with words, you know, <laughs> words like that? Yeah. I mean
0: We, we, uh, we've had a lot of conversations since then and, uh, you know, um, yeah, so it was an interesting, uh, interesting introduction
2: for sure. I'm not the best at icebreakers as you can tell. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, that's fine. (laughs) It's a special skill. Right, right. So do you, I mean, what do you remember about that trip aside from meeting me? I mean, I know there was, you know, a bunch of other people there and, uh, uh, lots of things happened at, on that trip, I assume.
2: Um, well, things I can talk about. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can, uh, I met, met up with Shawna the first time there and, uh, a couple other guys that I was, uh, I had become fairly close to, uh, riding back and forth on the the site we were on. Right. And, uh, I remember, uh, racing and the best, the best thing I think was, uh, when we went to that, that town that was next to it and it was nothing but, uh, Inhaling burnt rubber all night. I forgot right, what the name yeah. uh, It was
0: Hebron, Ohio. And, uh, uh, yeah, that was like wall-to-wall people. I would say 30 40,000 people lining the streets on both sides and cars going up and down the street. It was pretty insane. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that.
2: Well, that night was particularly special because I got a chance to meet Kevin.
0: Kevin. <laughs>
2: Kevin, Kevin and I, uh, we had a very emotional and touching embrace out in the parking lot. <laughs> and he's he's uh, the most uh, anti-touchy-feely guy I think I've ever met in my life, and that <laughs> just brought even more joy.
0: Yeah, there
2: you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, there was uh, there were quite a few people there who um, you know. We had talked to you online and stuff, and uh, um, you know, just meeting up with everyone that was kind of cool. Uh, I remember Tony Sawyer was there and uh, his wife and Dave. Um, oh man, what the hell was his name? <clears throat> he was one. Of Which the, one are you talking about? Uh, Dave. The he was a former police officer, passed away a while back. Oh.
2: I didn't know he passed away, unfortunately, and that's sad. But at the time, I did not like him. He said some yeah. He was he wrote some pretty bad things about my wife.
0: Yeah, yeah. He was not not a well liked person, but uh, he was there, and uh, you know he it was just kind of a you know it's kind of strange to see him there, but uh, you know it is what it is. So. Um, yeah, we had a, had a good time there and, uh, you know, then we all went back to our respective, you know, places where we lived and, uh, we think a while, it was probably a year later or a year and a half later, I decided to have a get together at my house and, uh, somehow, I don't know who brought it up, but, uh, Mikey ended up coming to stay with me for a couple days and, uh, the rest is history. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: well history.
1: history okay let's hear some <laughs> let's hear some of that well
2: i'm i'm not a uh <laughs> not a big or anything and uh they they had some some cherries out on the table oh yeah i didn't know they were soaked in alcohol and uh I, I, I ate me a bushel of them things. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, yeah, there were, uh, the, the cherry spitting, con- uh, pit spitting contest, and, uh, um, there was the some... The lightning
2: bug eating contest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> there was some midget porn or something. <laughs> yeah,
2: the get away from my dog, you said <laughs> <sick laughs> that. That was up. a good contest. <laughs> You
0: clogged the toilet again.
2: <laughs> uh, that wasn't me. It, it was, it was too freaking hot to possibly do that maneuver. In that <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, uh, anyway, it, so we had the, uh, get together and all the guys, uh, I think there were like 20 of us. Um, you know, they all came to the house and, uh, Uh, Well, we met up first and drove to the top of Camelback Mountain, which was kind of cool. And then uh, went to my friend Rick's house and took some pictures and uh, then went back to my house and had uh, quite a spread of food, as I recall. Yes. um, And so then we're sitting there and like... uh, So... Do you remember the Craig story?
2: Oh, I remember the Craig
0: story. <laughs> so, Mikey and this guy Craig, you know, online were like talking back and forth, you know, talking shit to each other and stuff. And uh, so it turned out that Craig was at my house and uh, um, he, you know, he had come out later in the day. And uh, so I think he said, like, yeah, hey, I wonder where the hell this you know, asshole Craig is. (laughs) And he goes, he turns around, oh, hi, I'm Craig.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he did that. He sure did that. And I thought, I want to beat his face in. (laughs) But I didn't. I was very nice that trip.
0: Yeah, so uh, the next day we uh, hopped in the car and went to New York uh that was a pretty interesting um an interesting trip. Got to go to ground yeah. zero. Yeah, you know,
2: how long is that trip normally? Um, it's
0: probably two hours into the city. <clears throat> and then, Why did it take
2: six hours to get there, Grandma? It did not take six hours. I mean I swear I, to God, I grew a beard. <laughs>
0: I don't yes, drive. I've
1: heard that it took an extraordinary amount of time. <laughs>
0: it did not. We drove across the George Washington Bridge to the west side of New York and down the west side highway and down to uh, Wall Street, past the UN and things like that. So it's a, it was a, you know, kind of a trip. So, uh, um, then we went to Ground Zero because that was, you know, one of the things that we wanted to see, um. And that was what
1: was that like, um, being there? Well, because, you know, it's nine 11 tomorrow. And, um,
2: for me being a, uh, former police officer, it was, um, it was troubling and, uh, it's something I'll never forget. Uh, that's for sure. Um, you couldn't see a whole heck of a lot. Uh, they had the fences up and the barricades, but we, we still got up close to the fence and got some pictures of things. Um, it was that, that part of the trip was, uh, fairly somber for me. And then,
0: and then we went to the little church across the street. You remember that?
2: Yes, I do. Um uh, once again going back to loving history that that was uh that was really really neat yeah so for the the people
0: sorry go ahead
2: Do you remember the displays they had of all the patches and badges and stuff
0: yeah i was just gonna say that uh for the people who don't know this is a little church that was uh directly across the street from one of the towers and um Didn't really sustain any damage. I mean, the trees out in front of it were still intact, and uh, uh, it was pretty interesting. And it it was just full of uh, all these different uh, banners and patches, and you know, different memorabilia from all the fire companies and police stations around the country that 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 were sent there and displayed there. It was really incredible. Wow. and then on the fence outside, I mean, we were there in 2006. I mean, there were still fires up of missing people and stuff, so.
2: That, I believe, was 2007, Matt.
0: Okay, yeah.
2: Um, and I'm the one with chemo fog. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, the 80s were really good to me, so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: so uh yeah after that um you know that was a pretty interesting place and then we went to grand central and uh i showed you that so
2: before we took our epic subway ride we went to the reflecting pool oh that's right yeah yeah where they had all the names engraved on the the plaques and everything yeah that was pretty cool yeah
0: um Certainly, uh, you know, I've been in, have been in the city probably a million times and, uh, you know, different, uh, been different places around the city and stuff. And, um, you, you know. Still totally clueless as to where Central Park was. <laughs> <laughs> Did we try to buy it? I don't remember if we went up that
2: far or not. <laughs> no. no, we were laughing too hard at the kid that was with us. Uh, Will. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hey, where's Central Park? It ain't over here.
3: It ain't over there. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I think we went to Times Square and, uh, you know. um... We ate pizza. Yep, that's true. We did, yeah.
2: Uh... Couldn't tell you the name of the Italian place, but it was pretty good.
0: Oh, I think we went to that. There was a church that uh, had... uh... It was turned into a pizzeria, and I think that's where we went, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, right off of Broadway.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, then uh, that afternoon, I dropped you off at
2: JFK, and
0: you flew home.
2: Well, I I was O.J. Simpson going through that airport, (laughs) trying to make a flight. All
0: right, so I got you there. (laughs) That's kind of
2: the point. (laughs) Well... (laughs) The part that you're, you're you're failing to mention is, we had another uh, set of individuals in the car with us, <laughs> yeah. and I remember the distinct the distinct quote, oh, "Don't worry about it, we'll get there." <laughs> Did you get him to the airport in Philly on time?
0: Uh, no, no, kind of missed uh, yeah. you know missed his flight by a couple of hours, I think.
2: Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he, he wasn't too happy with me. <laughs> I think every once in a while, like, you know, I'll feel like something hit me in the back of the head and, uh, you know, won't really know what it is. But I think it's him, like, you know, like hitting my, you know, voodoo doll against the wall or something.
2: Well, isn't that something, though? You, you meet a guy on a race truck for him. That... Supposedly loves driving fast. <laughs> yeah,
0: yes. I was showing him no sights, you know.
2: <laughs> Dude, we were getting passed by Yugos, man. <laughs> That's sad. Yeah,
0: there's all you fat asses in the truck that I had to drag around and slowing me down.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was it. My fat, my fat ass weighed us down.
0: <laughs> you and Billy. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it doesn't explain (laughs) why you were two hours late getting into Philly. All
0: right, I think I took a wrong turn, maybe. I don't know. Looking for Central Park. Mm. Trying to get out of Staten Island, I think. So So then, uh, well, what happened next? Um, You moved to Phoenix, I think.
2: I moved to or Arizona, yeah.
0: Yeah, you were there for a while, and uh, then somehow you ended up either back in California or up in Washington.
2: I don't remember which. Well, I ended up in a little town called Maricopa, Arizona.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh, wow, Jodi Arias trial. <laughs>
2: uh, well, as now that you mentioned that, my... Uh... My then-wife was actually on her jury.
1: Oh, my goodness. Are you serious?
2: No, I just thought I would come on here. That's and- <laughs> saw.
1: Well, you know, I was glued to that trial, so um, that's pretty amazing to me. We should have just started with that.
2: <laughs> well, the thing that wasn't amazing is you don't get paid for being a damn jury, but, like, I don't even know what it was. It wasn't it wasn't a trip to McDonald's by any stretch.
0: Yeah, it was. That trial lasted what six months or something? Yeah, almost a year. Was it was, it was it?
1: a very long time and uh, a very intense trial. I can't imagine being on the jury.
2: Uh, Mm -hmm. But
1: I do have a crush on Juan Martinez, you know, so uh, it would have been good to, like, listen to him every day. I love him.
2: (laughs) It wasn't Johnny Cochran.
1: Uh, Well, I love Juan Martinez, so. (laughs) Well, I mean, I just, I can't even imagine. I just did not expect to hear that at all, that she was on the jury, but... I mean, did you watch the trial?
2: Uh, no, I actually lived it when she got home.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it was uh, a, a quite an emotional... Just the whole thing was very intense, I felt like.
2: Yeah. Um, after that, I've gotten... I've been selected for jury duty... Two or three times and I've never served on a jury and there's a reason for that is because I tell the truth if a judge is going to ask me a question and I'm under oath I'm going to tell him the truth and that gets me barred from jury duties most of the time
1: mm. <laughs> <clears throat> well um so, I mean, so is the point of that? Is that um, that, that we don't want the truth? Like, in, do you? I mean, do you think jurors just say whatever so they can get on the jury? Or?
2: Sure, there's some of that, but that is the defense attorney's job to weed those kind of people out.
1: Yeah. So you you just have such um, answers for whatever that most both sides would not want you on the the jury is that is that what you're saying?
2: Well, I think it's a microcosm of life. Everybody says I want someone to be honest. That's what that's what they're looking for. And then what happens is when you're brutally honest. That,
1: don't
2: that, want that. People don't like it.
1: Yeah.
2: And I don't happen to have the best of filters.
3: <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh. I'm doing really good here, actually.
1: Well, I'm just so happy to, you know, that we had this Arizona chapter in this episode. So, uh, you know. Thanks for sharing that part, for sure.
2: Well, I went down there uh, because I was living in Washington, like I am now, and I was uh, I was a uh, union electrician at the time, and I couldn't find work anywhere here. And my buddy Sean, who we went to, uh, I went to Mopar Nationals with, and met Matt Riff. Um, and say hey come on down here man we got tons of electrician work and a lot a lot a lot of so I decided I would just take a shot at it and I, I drove to Arizona in the heart of the worst monsoon I've ever seen in my life but I didn't die that's a good thing and uh, I stayed there with him for about a month maybe a month and a half before i got my family from washington down to arizona and then i stayed in arizona for 9 years but my main focus in <coughs> excuse me being in arizona in the first place on top of all that is uh, I wanted to sort of try to follow in the footsteps of Ansel Adams and photograph uh, you know, the ruins and my uh, passion, archaeologically wise, is rock art, and I I walked all over that dang state taking pictures of that stuff.
0: And uh, I must say, there are some really, really
2: good pictures from that time period. Thank you. I, I can't recover them any longer. Um,
0: oh, wow, that's terrible. But, yeah, there were some really, really good ones.
1: Well, that's bad. <laughs> I would love to have seen them.
2: Well, one day you can pop on my Facebook and look at some of the stuff that I was able to recover after okay. my last divorce. <laughs>
0: So, uh, you, so you're in Arizona and then you end up moving to Washington. Um, yeah. So how long after you moved there, uh, were you diagnosed with cancer? Um,
2: 2018 and it was a, it was actually a self-diagnosis and me being the, the pest that I can be, uh, forcing the doctors to actually take a look at what I was saying. Right. And that in 2018.
0: Hmm. And so you you found out you had a tumor. I don't remember the story. Um, it was a, what kind of tumor was it and that sort of thing?
2: Um, squamous cell carcinoma. All right. Yeah. It, it was, <clears throat> uh, my lymph nodes on my right side, and it started out in my tonsils some 25 to 30 years ago from HPV virus.
0: Ah. <clears throat> and so uh, you were diagnosed, and you went through treatment, uh, chemo. How long? Like how long was that process? And you know, I I know it was not the best
2: for you. It was, uh, 49 treatments and, um, I, I guess it was compacted over two months of treatments okay. every
0: day. So, I mean, like when you found out about it or whatever, did you have like some, you know, were you thinking like, Oh shit, this is going to be bad. Or I mean, were you thinking, eh, I got this.
2: Well, how it started out was I, I had caught pneumonia, mm-hmm. and I went in and got the uh, the things I needed to get past that. And about six months later, my uh, my lymph nodes hadn't gone down, and I was like, "This ain't normal."
3: Right.
2: So I went. I went to, uh, urgent care and I, I told them, I said, you know, something's going on my left nose is swollen, this and that. And they said, well, you just went through pneumonia. So maybe your immune system is overcompensating for it.
3: Right.
2: Again, they gave you some antibiotics and, and another, another couple months went by and, I told my girlfriend um, at the time, you know, I'm going to go to the doctor and insist they check this out, do a biopsy.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I go in and I talk to the doctor and she's trying to tell me everything six ways this Sunday that, you know, biopsies are expensive, this and that. And <laughs> I said, listen, this isn't normal you're going to check me out and i i i know my patient rights and i demand you take a biopsy of this i think i have lymphoma right so she did and she calls me back uh 4 days later and says well i got good news for you i said oh what's that she says you don't have lymphoma and I'm sitting there thinking this whole time because you're waiting for test results, right? Yeah. And meanwhile, you have another head growing out of your neck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you worry about stuff like that. It's, it, it's uh, yeah. It, it's nothing you can really prepare yourself for. You just got to go through it, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I she gotta... says, but <laughs> she goes, but I, but I do have some bad news. After I've completely let go of this sigh of relief. She says, You have squamous cell carcinoma and I'm like <laughs> What the hell is that? <laughs> that is my, my my gland's gonna blow out of my neck. What is that? She says that's cancer. And I said, Oh okay and she set up the thing for me to go visit the surgeon and everything else and I didn't hear nothing until that appointment like three months after that wow it was in like april or march i'm sorry it was in march and um she uh i go down i i have my uh my best friend luke with me Mm -hmm. um and my girlfriend who at that point, we were together only uh, three months before she, two months before she found out I had cancer, and she stayed through it. Right. So she went through me, through my first appointment to the surgeon, and uh, she's given me all this medical gobbledygook, and I just, I look at her, and I said, uh, Dr. Sunshine, and that was her name. <laughs> 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 I said, you, you you aren't you aren't living up to your name. I said, You've not told me anything that sounds good. Yeah. Just what the fuck is going on? And what what do I have what am I looking for going here on out? She said, well, yeah, we, we can do the surgery. And she's all, I really want to cut on you. I'm like, Oh God, I thought I'm thinking to myself, I didn't say it out loud. And I, I don't know why, but I was thinking, God, she must be related to Kevorkian or Mangala. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you never get that kind of bedside humor after I broke, you know, the, uh, Dr. Sunshine thing. And, uh, we talked and I said, okay, so what, what if I don't do anything? What if I just let this run its course? Where am I at? She said, oh, well, you're stage one. She said anywhere from six months to a year before you, before you die. Huh. And then that that's when things kind of got real for me. Yeah. And, uh, I said, I'm stage one. And you're telling me I have six months to a year? I said, is that some kind of canned response? I mean, she's like, no. Um, that this that's where where you're at with it. And I said, well, being only stage one, I said six months to a year. She says, well, once you're at this point, it metastasizes really quickly. Right. And it's the same cancer that turns into incurable lung uh lung cancer small cell lung cancer right and at that point there's there's absolutely nothing they can do for you so i got that information and i told her i would think about my options and stuff and she called me uh, about two or three days later i can't remember exactly at this point and uh i told her i wasn't going to do the surgery Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, the options were doing surgery and going through chemo and radiation. I said, what are my chances doing just chemo and radiation? She's like, well, they're really good. Um, I think we can get everything. So that's what I decided to do. And it was a week later I was uh, taken in for my start of my treatments. So,
0: okay. So you had the
2: op- you had the option of getting the, um,
0: getting it removed, and then doing chemo and all that stuff. And uh, you decided not to get it removed. You just did the chemo. Is that?
2: Uh, well, the chemo and the radiation. Right, yes. Yeah. The reason for that being is, um, I would. I would have to go through the chemo and radiation anyway. Right. Basically what it boils down to is my cancer in males was so rare that they really didn't know what the hell the best course of action was. Wow. They were going to throw everything at it.
3: Hmm.
2: Interesting. So I made a semi-educated decision and foregone any idea of doing the surgery which was gonna be complete removal of the tonsil and the muscle that's behind it. Right. So the recovery would have been pretty brutal. Well you
0: would have got a cool scar maybe.
2: Yeah I got (laughs)
0: those I got the t shirt too. Yeah me too. Uh, you know, my my situation wasn't as bad as yours because mine wasn't, uh, it wasn't, um, my, my tumor was benign, but uh, I did get a cool scar, so. Yeah, um, you did. <laughs> so then, so you go through chemo, um, tell me this story
2: about Johnny. Johnny? Yeah. Oh, well, Johnny uh, was my cab driver. Kaiser Permanente uh, does a thing where you can have a cab ride uh, to and from treatment. Right. You know, I happen to live in the, the other state, but he would drive all the way from South Portland every day to where I live in Longview and then drive me to treatment, drive me Back home from treatment, and then drive back to his house. I w- I became his only client uh, for my time, and I I believe that people are placed in your life, um, maybe maybe by divine intervention. Mm-hmm. But uh, he w- he was truly a godsend to me. And that was because he himself has incurable cancer, which is theoma.
0: Wow. And
2: uh, he's been through tons of treatments and operations and everything else. And he didn't tell me that right away. Right. Uh, But we we would talk every day on the way to and from treatment when I was coherent. Yeah. And uh, the man is still fighting and uh, just quite simply one of the very best human beings I've ever come across in my 53 years. And the one thing about going through some of these things that we're talking about is you meet people that you would never, ever meet in the process. Right. People are, that are fighting different cancers and uh, but can relate to some of the things you're going through. Right. And you build a connection with those people. And one of them was this lady named Renee, and she was going through her third cancer treatment
1: And she always
2: wore these really shitty beanies (laughs) and I got tired of looking at them. I mean, she was bald, Yeah. but I got to talk to her for about 15 minutes, you know, every day we were on the same treatment cycle and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I told her, I said, you know what? I'm going to pimp you out. And she's all, what? I said, don't worry about it tomorrow. Don't bring any of them shitty bitty beanies. Come bald so she did you know I get in there and I give her my I see hot hmm and uh, to this day we still talk you know on Facebook and stuff but she she had a neat story too I mean a lot of those people do yeah yeah I just remember
0: reading a little bit about uh, the cab driver there and uh, found that an interesting story. Um so... the man
2: is a uh, ambassador to all of Portland. He's uh he's lived a a a great, great life of adventure and playing music, uh, in major punk scenes out of Portland. Right. Uh, I guess that was a another level that he and I bonded on because I was in the punk scene as a teenager and stuff like that. Right. So I relate. I knew his bands. He he was he was a a, a guitar player for the Chemicals.
3: Hmm.
2: I mean, he traveled all over the world and did all kinds of cool, crazy things.
0: That's neat. So, yep. so you go through. You go through, uh, chemo and radiation and stuff, and you have been cancer-free for, what, two years now? Or almost two years?
2: Knocking on two years. Uh, September 11th is the date of my last PET scheme. So, I, uh, I'm going to have to take another one here pretty soon, but for, uh, different... So it'll be two years tomorrow,
0: actually, because,
2: uh, Today is September
1: tenth.
2: <laughs> yes, that's very good. Excellent deduction.
1: <laughs> Congratulations! Yeah. That's a big milestone.
0: <clears throat> but uh, so you went through chemo and stuff, and did it damage your kidneys, or was that a an issue before?
2: Well, I had I had been um, throwing proteins being a Completely horrible diabetic for years. And when I started cancer treatment, my kidney function was at 30%. Okay. Uh, fast forward two years uh, before I started my new journey, uh, I was at 8%, which is, um, I must tell you, um, fairly, fairly debilitating.
0: Not good, in other words. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been you you're on dialysis now, and how long has that been going on?
2: Um, I asked my doctor last night, and the genius couldn't tell me, but I believe it's about a month, and I had to ask him because I still to this day have a horrible short-term memory problem, and it's not because of all the marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) From the chemo.
0: Chemo fog or whatever they say, it takes a long time to uh, go away, I guess. Um,
2: Yes, some people never get it. And some people, I I talk to uh, some cancer survivors that are going on five years with it, so. Wow. it depends on which chemo drugs they put you on, I think, from the little research I've done on it, right. and plant-based chemotherapies seem to be the worst. I, that's what I've gleaned from it.
0: Uh, so, um, so you've been through, I mean, you've been through quite a few different things, I mean, medically, uh. I mean, what advice do you have for people who are facing these things? I mean, I guess that's, you know, I know it might be kind of hard to answer, but, uh, you know, like, how do you like how do you keep going at, at, Like when you have, like, one thing after another that just seems to keep hammering you like this?
2: Well, the main thing is it's not very hard to answer at all. Um, if you're told that you're diabetic, um, the sly, the silent, slow assassin, take it serious. Man. Um, I am a, uh, a perfect living example of what not to do. Um, I didn't take anybody's advice. I still took the medication, uh, fairly regularly for the first few years. And uh, you go through cycles of uh, super high sugars, and uh, the worst is super low sugars. And, you know, back then in 1995 when I was diagnosed, all they had was like micronase and things like that, and those things were horrible. Right. Because I was type 2, supposedly. Um, I don't, I deep down don't think I'm actually a type 2, but um, nobody's told me otherwise, so I'll I'll just go with I'm type 2. Right. And the first thing that started originally happening was I would get diabetic ulcers on my feet. Right. All the time. And I didn't wise up then. And then advanced some years and I can't feel my legs from the kneecap down. I can't feel my hands most of the time. Uh, I went blind for nine months. Had my eyeballs blow up from the inside out. That was special. jeez. Oh, uh, <laughs> numerous uh, infections. Cellulitis, which... Almost killed me twice. Right. In... I remember.
0: I remember when you were going through that.
2: Oh yeah, I've had it on the back of my head. I've had all kinds of Doctor Pimple Popper moments, and <laughs> none of them. None of them I can look back on fondly. Actually. Yeah. Uh, and now this. Now so I'm now I'm uh, now I'm reliant on uh, going through. The dialysis.
0: So, how, how are you feeling now? I mean, like, I know physically you're, you know, you have good days and bad days, and sometimes more bad days, but like, what's your mental frame of mind with all this?
2: It's as sick and twisted as it's always been. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the thing I've always, before I answer that question, the thing I've always relied on is a sense of humor to get through everything. Right. Uh, My radio oncologist um, did not like me at all. Not because I was an asshole to him. It was because he couldn't keep a straight face. (laughs) When I threw up in his office, which was (laughs) projectile-like and not very pretty, (laughs) um, he was laughing at it, which made me laugh while I was throwing up. I thought, "That's (laughs) man, I like it." And um, still, still to now, to this, to this day, it it don't matter what I go through. I I always keep a sick, twisted sense of humor about it. Uh, If you can't laugh about it, you're just going to die about it, so.
0: Right.
2: And, um, go ahead.
0: Oh, I I heard you became a grandfather recently, or a few months ago?
2: Yeah, my son, uh, after he got out of the Army, he met this girl, and, uh, he always talked about wanting to have a kid and i guess he decided the pullout method wasn't good for him <laughs> Jeez. and he became father <laughs> surprise right
0: yeah yeah huh. so you got to go you got to go see him uh not too long ago
2: yes i went and saw him uh dual purpose uh Back on uh, May 3rd, uh, his birthday is May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, and cool. I haven't been able to celebrate a birthday with my son in many years, so yeah. I wanted to to do that and make it special, you know, other than just meeting my grandchild. Right. And at that time, God, I was feeling horrible. Yeah. If you ever want to test your wherewithal and your intestinal fortitude, have your girlfriend pack you a 40-pound backpack and uh, go through Atlanta airport with, <laughs> with with a hoodie on because you're an from Seattle. <laughs> oh, my God. That was the Baton Death March.
0: <laughs> no OJ <OJ-ing laughs> through
2: that one, huh? <laughs> oh my god, no no OJ. I, I I thought I was going to die, man. <laughs> I, I was I was sweating like a hooker on nickel night. <laughs> <laughs> god it was, it was not pretty. <laughs> anyway, um yeah, I, I I met him and he he won't he won't ever remember me. He was like 6 months your six months old at that time, so right. he's uh, getting ready to have his uh, one-year birthday coming up here, the oh. 27th. Awesome. And if my son listens to this, you know I'm horrible at dates, so shut up. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> where, where, Where is your son now? I, I know he was in, I want to say... He,
2: yeah, he, he uh got out of the army in Georgia, lived there for a bit, but he settled in um Dothan, Alabama. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not not too far from uh Redneck.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. You well know, I, I know who you're talking about.
3: Okay.
0: <clears throat> That's cool. Uh so what I mean, like you have a bit more... So, you're. I guess eventually you're going to be placed on the kidney transplant list, possibly?
2: Well, uh, the, the first and main criteria for me to even be considered is I have to be declared cancer-free for two years. Okay. And uh, I will schedule that PET scan um, next week. But I'm also, while I'm hopeful, I'm also very realistic. The, uh, the recidivism rate for my cancer is pretty horrible. Yeah. So, um, being it's, it's one of the rarest cancers, uh, 1% of the entire world's male population, this becomes cancer in. um, There's a lot they they still don't know. So I have my fingers crossed and um, I remain ever hopeful.
0: That's good. So any any big, uh, I mean, I know, you, you know, I know you're limited as to the things that you can do, but I know, like, going to concerts is, like, one of the things that you love, and, uh, you know, and any big ones that you'd like to go to coming up?
2: Or... I, I, uh, I actually have tickets for a rather big one the day after my birthday.
0: Awesome. Who are you going to see? Judas Priest. Wow.
2: <laughs> there you go. For, for the third time, but... Judas Priest is Judas Priest.
0: Man. Yeah, yeah. Is uh is Halford in the band now, still or? <laughs>
2: Halford is the band, yes. Well,
0: I, I know there is there's a guitar player that's out now.
2: Uh Well, that's Glenn, that's Glenn Tippett. Yeah. And he has Parkinson's disease, but um the the first show I saw them at the Coliseum in Portland he actually came out for the last four songs and played the the most recent, the last concert I went to, uh, which was uh, June 17th, which was three days after my treatment ended for cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in a wheelchair, by the way. <laughs> uh. I wasn't missing a bro. Yeah, I hear I, lived, <laughs> I lived to go see him, so... Actually that's that's not the truth. The the truth is my light at the end of the tunnel was seeing Volbeat. Right. I had uh befriended Rob Caggiano on Instagram uh when I had first started my treatment. So that was my light at the end of the tunnel.
0: He was the guitar player in Volbeat.
2: Uh, Rob Caggiano.
0: Yeah, that, that's who he, he's the guitar player Is what I'm saying. Yeah, he he
2: used to play for Anthrax as well.
0: Okay. (coughs) And then you got to see Metallica and uh, a couple others, I think,
2: I remember. Oh, yeah. I, I have never stopped, uh, going to see shows. I, I, I live for that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, last time we talked, there was some talk of moving to Hawaii.
2: Yes, uh, my, uh, and you're, you're not going to believe this and I don't want to hear any laughter. Okay. My now fiance, um, <laughs> you, <laughs> you tons of bitches. <laughs> I <knew you> were... <laughs> hey, my now fiance, <laughs> I can't even do it without laughing. <laughs>
0: She's probably kicking you under the table. <laughs>
2: No, no, she's out there. Um but when she hears this, I'm probably not gonna yeah. get away. She might
1: with not it. have a fiance <laughs> when she hears this.
2: Um this woman has been through me with me through some of the horrendous most horrendous shit I've ever been through in my life. Yeah. And she's still here and she said yes. So I highly doubt um she's going to leave.
0: Or throw your this shit one, out in the, in the front yard. <laughs>
2: well, I don't have a front yard. I have an apartment oh, now, okay. so And a bunch <clears> of <throat> meth heads that live around here. I won't have any shit sitting out there alone.
0: <laughs> Yeah, problem solved. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh,
0: well, that's awesome. Congratulations. Um,
2: my, thank you. No. Uh, we, uh she went uh i sent her to hawaii and uh she went her parents lived there right um she was thinking about joining uh them working there
3: yeah.
0: and
2: uh first living there and i figured hell i'm i'm game for it what, what the hell have i got to lose
3: yeah
0: i mean i could
2: th- i could think of worse places to live
0: yeah yeah you can be sick anywhere right
2: that's right. And that was the one thing that was kind of holding us back because I still wasn't in treatment for this yet. I mean, it it took months to get a seat uh, where I'm at now. Right. To get the to get the the treatment. So th- we decided that it. We're we're gonna wait for a little bit. I can transfer my treatment um, if I'm indeed still on it. Yeah. Uh, anywhere, so that that's that's not even a thought now. Um, it's it's kind of cost prohibitive. I'll be honest with you. Right. Um. I don't happen to be a rich guy, so.
0: Well, you let me know when the wedding is, and I'm gonna come out for it.
2: Oh, you're damn straight! You're coming out for it. <laughs> yeah. If you don't, I will hunt you down like a rabbit. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I got to be there for that one. Number four. I mean, four is a charm, right?
2: <laughs> I mean, a lot. A lot of people went to Elizabeth Taylor's fourth wedding, so don't don't slight me now.
0: No, that, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Uh we are running about at about almost an hour and a half and uh you know it it's always great to talk to you Mikey. Um I know we don't we don't talk near enough but I hope to rectify that uh over the next you, you know few weeks and months and whatever. But uh I appreciate you coming on and telling your story about, you know, I know you're hesitant, and uh, you know it, it, it must. You know it, it's probably a little hard, but uh, I wanted you to be able to share your story and give people who are going through some of these things a little bit of hope, and uh, you know, um, also to get to talk to you because um, you you've been through a lot and uh, have done a lot, and it's all fascinating to me. So. Cat, you got
1: Go anything on. else? Cat, I Kat? Uh, I, just, I mean I just have enjoyed like hearing the story because uh, you know most of this I didn't know. I, I knew you were funny, you know, great sense of humor. I knew you liked music, um, but you know, I a lot of this I uh, was new to me and it's very interesting. So I know the listeners are going to really. Um, enjoy listening to it and be motivated by it if they're going through something um, because you just keep hanging in there so um, that offers hope to others and uh, we all need some hope so um, thank you again for sharing this story.
2: Sure I was glad to uh, come on and talk with you all.
0: Alrighty. Well, thanks again, Mikey. Um, we will uh, end this episode now. We hope you all enjoyed it, and uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Take care. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at, at outlook.com or you can write to me at sessions at gmail.com or matt at level11adventures.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.